When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Messy. Nothing personal. Word of the day. It is Thursday, June 8th, 2023. So much going on in the world of sports and all I can talk about to lead off this show. It was an easy decision for Coca and for me. It's messy in the biggest, and I don't mean M-E-S-S-Y. If you haven't heard of them, M-E-S-S-I. This is the biggest free agent signing in team sports history. And I am not giving you anything that resembles recency bias. I am not giving you anything that resembles hyperbole. I don't know how to say it, and it's my job to do so, that Messi coming to Inter-Miami, coming to Major League Soccer, is the equivalent if in his prime, Michael Jordan had left the NBA and decided he was gonna go play in the Beijing League. It would be unthinkable. How would you leave the best league where the best players are and go play in a startup league in a different country where you're less popular than LeBron James. Globally, Messi, way more popular. In the United States, less popular. Do you remember after Africa this summer? Last summer when I went and climbed Kilimanjaro and I took the pole and people had not heard of Tom Brady and Derek Jeter, it was unanimous. I couldn't find anyone who heard of these people. Forget Gronkowski or, or Arias or Aaron Judge, but Messi, every single person I asked in any country knew who Messi was. Been rumored for years. Mike Ryan of the Lebetard Show has been on this story from the beginning and had correctly predicted what was gonna happen with Messi, that he would eventually do a deal to join David Beckham in Miami. I also was on board with that plan with my version of predictions, which are wait to seize. Wait to seize when I tell you something's gonna happen, and if it does, we'll revisit it, and if it doesn't, we will also. All the way back in May of 22, May 19th, you can check it, I said, Messi's coming to Miami. And then I upped the ante in November of 22. November 29th, 2022, I said, Messi's gonna get a piece of Inter-Miami, an ownership piece, because that's what it's gonna take. And I'm gonna take credit for getting that right, but I got it right for the wrong reason. It did not occur to me then that Major League Soccer was going to have to compete with a three-year, $1.6 billion offer 
on top of a $30 million a year job that Messi already has to go play in Saudi Arabia. I did not think back then that Live Golf and PGA would merge the way they have. I did not think back then that Ronaldo would already be playing in Saudi Arabia. It did not occur to me the level of money that they had that they'd be willing to spend to legitimize themselves. And Messi, on the same news cycle as PGA and Liv, I'd like to give Messi the credit for not taking the money. For not taking the money. Here's the problem. I can't exactly say that. The deal that Messi took to join Inter Miami involves not just his salary. The complicating part that took so long is that he is now going to get a piece of the pie that Apple and MLS have been splitting. I grant you it's a small pie, but here's the story of the pie. Apple and MLS got together and did a streaming deal where Apple took over the rights to stream every MLS team. There is an extra cost above joining Apple TV. Remember they did that one month free after it wasn't working out. They were not generating subscribers. It was not going the way Major League Soccer wanted. The goal of Commissioner Don Garber is to legitimize Major League Soccer. The goal of Commissioner Don Garber is to be in the room where it happens with the other commissioners. Batman and Stern, not Stern, excuse me. Wow. Sorry, rest in peace. 4869. Batman and Silver and Goodell and Manfred. So Don Garber knew that to do this, he was going to have to bend some rules in a way that even Beckham can't bend. As a matter of fact, Don Garber is so good at bending rules in order to help his league that I'm not sure I'm willing to call Major League Soccer a league because until you stop bending rules for an individual player, you are a startup. Is this the last time? We thought Beckham would be the last time 16 years ago. Came to Los Angeles and in return, he got the ability to purchase a team upon retirement in Major League Soccer at a fixed price of $25 million. And when he retired and started to negotiate to get an expansion team that ended up being Miami, the expansion fees were over $200 million. So Beckham made a business decision 16 years ago. He took a risk, he took a chance, and it paid off handsomely. And it's still paying off for David Beckham. Messi, when confronted with the possibility of at 35 years old, having just won the World Cup, being the greatest soccer player, football player. What do I say here, Coca? Can we just end this right now, this discussion? Do you want me to call it soccer or football? We, can we call it soccer? Okay. So I'm going to refer to it as soccer from now on, understanding that it's really called football. But when I say that, it could be confusing. Messi is the greatest soccer player who ever played. He is going to the MLS, which is... Major League Soccer, that's funny, Coca. Coca's yelling in my ear. It's Thursday, David. Wake up. It's called Major League Soccer, not Major League Football. That's true. So Messi is not willing to come to Miami without some sort of Beckham-like deal. 
but the Beckham deal on its own was not going to be enough. So Don Garber could not come to the table with, you can get a piece of an expansion team or you can get a piece of Inter-Miami. That's not enough. He had to go to Apple, Garber did, and talk to Apple about cutting Messi in on the Apple deal. And that's what Apple has agreed to do. Apple and Messi have a new deal, reportedly, where any subscribers who join and buy on Apple TV the right to stream every game, from this day forward, he gets a piece of it like he's on commission. That's the reality of what it is. He's a commissioned sales player because he's certainly not making calls. He may do some commercials that could be part of the deal. You may see him do some get Apple TV streaming on Apple TV Plus and watch Ted Lasso. And he may do it in Spanish and English. And if yesterday is any indication and I can somehow, somehow figure out whether or not Messi and Apple, what percentage Messi's getting, I would be able to figure out how close Messi's getting to the Saudi Arabian deal. His goal was to get 500 million a year. That's what he was offered to go to Saudi Arabia and turned it down. Well, his salary at MLS is not gonna do it. Add up the endorsements that he is now gonna get. Are they more or less? I'm gonna say slightly more. Don't forget soccer is the global game. Don't forget that Messi is one of the, if not the highest paid athlete on every list that Forbes puts out, whether it's right or wrong, that adds up salary plus endorsements. What incremental endorsements will he get? A local Chevy dealer in Miami? Is he somehow going to do a deal with the US only company? The only way you can justify paying Messi what Messi is gonna want is it has to be a global company like Apple. And Apple has the global rights to major league soccer. So if there are fans of Messi living in Barcelona or Paris or Argentina, who all of a sudden get on Apple TV Plus and get major league soccer streaming package, which is the whole league, you can't do it a la carte. You can't just get into Miami. You get the whole league. Messi is now a commissioned salesman for that effort. And why wouldn't Apple do it? What's the downside? I love being on commission. Whenever I was in sales, I wanted to be on commission. I love when my salespeople, when I was president, are on commission. I want them to keep track of how much money they're making. You know my story. I would keep a piece of paper next to me at Morgan Stanley with what I was making when I would bring in clients and do derivatives and do whatever I was doing with those clients. How much money am I getting? And then there'd be a column with how much money the firm's making, but the real column I cared about is how much money am I making? So Messi's gonna get spreadsheets for increased streamers. He's gonna have audit rights in theory to see what the impact has been. And if there's any correlation between Instagram and Apple, holy shnikes. The Inter-Miami Instagram site doubled at least. It had 1 million. It's up to two and a half or 3 million followers. That is the power of Messi. Ticket prices skyrocketing. 
both in Miami. And you know what? Hold on, Coca. We're going to change something up here. We're not calling Messi playing in Miami. It's absolutely wrong. They're at 5 million followers now. That's unbelievable. They were at 1 million. They're up to 5 million. I hope their site doesn't crash. I hope they can deal with all the merchandise requests. I hope they don't screw it up and that they were very ready. I'm talking about Inter-Miami. I hope Major League Soccer is ready when you bring in a star and all of a sudden you don't have nice cutlery. It's not a good look. What I want to say, if we're going to call it Major League Soccer, would you mind if we called it Inter-Fort Lauderdale? Are people going to get offended by that? It always bothered me. Inter-Miami plays in Fort Lauderdale. They're trying to get a stadium built. There was that whole thing with public money to get a new soccer stadium built in Miami. Ground has not been broken. The real estate play that the Moss family did, the owners of Inter-Miami, was to get real estate development done and a soccer stadium. Meanwhile, they promised excitement. They brought in Messi. The stadium's not done. Messi's going to play, wait for it, not in front of 60,000 people or 80,000 people, not even in front of 25 or 32,000 people. The capacity of the temporary stadium in Fort Lauderdale, where Inter-Miami did not even do their side of a deal with the city of Fort Lauderdale, which caused them to lose the rights to an auxiliary parking lot, which God, do they wish they had back. It's a little stadium in Fort Lauderdale. It's like playing in Madison Square Garden. He might as well play in the Caseya Center where the Heat play. That's the size of the crowds. Guess what that means? Supply and demand, ticket prices skyrocketing. Average ticket price skyrocketing. People without means, good luck seeing Messi, not gonna happen. So not only did Messi need to deal with Apple Dianu, that wasn't enough. The other deal that Messi cut that Don Garber allowed is with Adidas. Adidas does the kits in Major League Soccer. Do we call them kits in Major League Soccer? Or is that the word that I just got from Ted Lasso that's not used in American soccer? Whatever. Are the people called managers or coaches? Uh, we can do a whole, I feel like the guy in love actually, when he goes to Milwaukee, Colin, he goes to Milwaukee and meets Alicia Cuthbert, the one who likes all the hockey players who I love from the girl next door. Say roof, roof. <laughs> you had to be there, but go see love actually. So the deal he cut with Adidas is a sponsorship deal that is Jordan-like and that he's also gonna get a cut. Is he getting cuts? We don't know of the global deal that Adidas has with Major League Soccer, of all of the merchandise, just his merchandise, we don't know right now. But when you add it all up, Messi has done a deal that would make Beckham blush. Beckham realizes that he's second banana. He's Pippin to Messi's Jordan. He's James to Messi's Jordan. What does it all mean for Major League Soccer? Does it now overtake hockey or baseball? No. Bringing in Messi is the biggest player transfer I've ever seen. There's no question about it. But what we've learned when you are building a league, if you want to be a healthy league where you have healthy payrolls, you have healthy operating profits, you have healthy team valuations, 
it is more than one player. Don Garber has gone all in on Messi. If Inter-Miami stays at the bottom of the table, if Inter-Miami, for whatever reason, can't get their stadium deal actually up in the air before Messi retires or becomes ineffective, if Messi is only here at the tail end and is mailing it in, and I'm not saying he is, but if he is not able to lift the rising tide of the quality of play, then what this really becomes is a circus act. And I'm not willing to say it is yet, but I'm not gonna say that it's not. Because think about it. What do you do when you really want to be popular? Isn't this a little bit, a little, I, I know he won the World Cup, but just a little bit like opening up a tour, like an all 80s band tour, makes people feel good, makes them reminisce about the way things were, makes them feel as though they are seeing a star when Rick Springfield comes out. Lionel Messi is currently better than Rick Springfield. He is more relevant than Rick Springfield. Do not misunderstand the comparison. But in terms of the level of play, will the major league soccer and the cup and the competitions and the table, will it ever be looked at within the US the way football is looked at in the US? The way baseball or basketball that's when you start getting the real money in broadcast deals. The value of the league, the value of the teams, the revenue of the league, it doesn't come from an exclusive deal with Apple streaming. That's a piece of it. It comes with a network deal worth billions. That is not happening. And until it does, I'm gonna lean more circus than anything else. Speaking of circus, how do we feel about the NBA Finals? So I went on Levitard yesterday, and there was a segment where Stu Gotts was talking about Nikola Jokic, and he talked about Jokic as not being aesthetically pleasing, talked about him as being garbage, not fun, not good, that if, if he were 5'8", he could, Stu Gotts could be Jokic, or if Stu Gotts were seven feet, he could be Jokic. I don't know if you watched the game last night where the Denver Nuggets ripped the heart out of the Miami Heat. I told you going into the game, and it was my pick of the day that the Heat were, that the Heat were gonna lose. I told you that when you win a game two on the road and you go home tied at one with home court advantage, you feel so good. And when the road team comes in and beats you at home in game three, it is devastating. It's life sucking. And out comes Jokic, out comes Jamal Murray. And before you know it, you watched history yesterday. You may not remember watching history, but you did. No teammates have ever recorded a triple-double in a finals game, ever. Jamal Murray got his triple-double in a way that I find objectionable. All starters have been pulled out of the game. The game was out of reach, even though Bam had a shot to cut it to seven. Not relevant. Game out of reach. Game over. Murray's in the game. Gets the final rebound off a missed shot. If the shot had gone in, Murray can't get the rebound. His hand had been flexing all game as though he'd been hurt. He still had an unbelievable game. Why not take him out of the game? Ah, get him the triple-double. Let's make history. Let's be Mr. Funbags. As a fan, very cool. Now we get to talk about history. Murray and Jokic, the first teammates in NBA history to have 30-point triple-doubles. NBA history never happened. 
Westbrook and Harden? Nope. Jordan Pippen? Nope. Ah, Westbrook and Durant? Nope. Robertson and anyone else? Nope. Never. No teammates ever have had 30-point triple-doubles in any game ever played in the history of the NBA. Boy, that's super exciting. Glad they kept Murray in to get that. Guess what people care about? And guess what I care about in the front office? Rings. If you can get Murray an extra rest, get him out of the game whenever you can, you get him out of the game. In the middle of June, players are tired. When you're tired, you tend to get hurt easier. If there's an opportunity to get that extra minute, you take it. Yes, it's very cool that history was made. As a fan, I enjoyed watching it. As a podcaster, I like to talk about it. But as a team president, it infuriated me. And my team president hat was on. You're up two to one. You feel good about yourself. But in this league, road teams are winning in epic numbers. It's like home court advantage doesn't even matter anymore. The Nuggets have a better one-two punch. That's the big talk in Florida. I bet you today, if you listen to shows, everyone's going to say Bam and Butler have to be better than Jokic and Murray. That's like saying that I have to be 6'2". Yeah, all right. Not going to happen. There is no world where Butler and Bam are better than Jokic and Murray. Not for a series, barely even a chance for a game. So the NBA Finals are going on, and I'm looking at Miami, and this is what was in my head. Tonight, there's a Panthers game in the Stanley Cup. Florida Panthers play in Sunrise. That's Fort Lauderdale. That's just north, just south and west of where Messi's going to be playing. By the way, side note, CBS Interactive where I'm an analyst still for CBS Sports Network and CBS Sports HQ. One of their studios is across the street from the Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Fort Lauderdale. So I was thinking watching the game last night that we're starting a four-day stretch. I'm in New York, but a four-day stretch where the same area in Broward, Fort Miami, it's the same area. South Florida is what I want to call it. They're hosting finals, Stanley Cup, Finals, Stanley Cup, four straight days. And in between, they have Messi, the biggest player transfer ever, coming to Miami, Fort Lauderdale. In between, they've got a Marlins team who has not had a record this good after 63 games since our team in 2004, which really pissed me off yesterday, Coco. Side note, off the record. I saw a stat that the record for the Marlins is tied for the best record they've had after this number of games with the 2004 Marlins. Why is it that the narrative around the 2004 Marlins is that you won the World Series in 03 and then you did a fire sale? All we did was let Pudge sign with someone else and traded Derek Lee for Hesop Choi. And yet we had a better record, way better at the start of 04 than we did at the start of 03. We had a fire manager. Anyway, I was a little sensitive about that, but the Marlins, are a great story. There's a player who could hit 400. There's a team that could be better than the Mets with a payroll almost 10% of the Mets. No, that's not true. It's 110 versus 400. Call it 28% of the Mets payroll, roughly, ahead of the Mets. 
Coca, don't don't hang up. Don't be angry. Don't drive angry, Coca. So I was just thinking to myself, do other cities have runs like this? Or is this, is Florida the center of the universe right now in sports? And are there any people out there who aren't aware of what's going on in South Florida? And then I saw a breaking news alert and I realized that the bigger news is not the Heat or the Panthers or the Marlins, but I got breaking news alerts from news outlets about Messi going to Inter Miami. So you put it all in the pot. This is one hell of a time to be a Floridian for those 4.2% from Miami right now or Fort Lauderdale. Congrats, enjoy this time. It may not last forever, but it may. No, it definitely won't. What's the best run, Coca, can you tell me? Is this a better run than what uh, Boston had or Tampa? Remember when Tampa had the Buccaneers, the Rays were winning, and I believe that the Lightning were winning the Stanley Cup. I think they had winners. And then there was a time recently when the Celtics were winning, the Bruins were winning, and the Patriots were winning. Big. I'm going to have to say that what's going on in Florida is amazing. But if the Heat and Panthers go 0 for 2 and neither one wins, and the Marlins don't get it done, and Inter-Miami stays toward the bottom of the table, I don't think they can approach Tampa or Boston. Anyway, that's for you guys to debate. Maybe you're watching live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. You can debate it right now. Which community in the live chat has had the better run? Tampa, two of them are in Florida, which is shocking. Tampa, South Florida, or New England, Boston. I'm gonna vote Boston, Tampa, Miami. Okay, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we are gonna review a movie that I watched with Nia Long. And then we're gonna talk about an update from the Live PGA merger where we finally heard from one of the aggrieved golfers, Rory McIlroy. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson here. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends about us. I absolutely am thankful. Just got breaking news, Coca. Pat Robertson just died. That's big news to a lot of people. Do you know who Pat Robertson is? When I was growing up, I grew up, just two minutes on Pat Robertson, I grew up in a Jewish household, but I was surrounded every time. There weren't a lot of channels. Cable was just starting. Yes, I'm old. But Sunday mornings, I, I was allowed to watch TV one day a week, and only if I had done my homework. And I got to watch cartoons, and I would watch the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour, and then Super Friends. And I would try to sneak in Scooby-Doo as well. But that was the total amount of TV that I was allowed for the week. But sometimes when my mother would sleep in, which wasn't often, or my stepfather would sleep in, which was often, I would be able to sneak in a little extra TV. And I was 
absolutely awestruck by the fact that there were so many channels that had people that were like my rabbi, but they were not rabbis, preaching on TV. I thought it was very bizarre. And they had all these phone numbers to call. And I said to myself, what a weird thing to call a number on a screen and not get a product that you're never gonna use late at night, but instead be told that you're gonna be saved. Hmm. Rest in peace, Pat. Okay. Thank you for all of your movie recommendations. You gave me this one. It's a new movie. I don't know where. I want to say Netflix, but it could be on Amazon. Maybe Coco can tell me and tell you. It's called Missing. Missing stars Storm Reed as a daughter and Nia Long as her mother. And the mother disappears and Storm Reed has to be a detective and find her. Here's why I want you to watch the movie plain and simple. I have not seen a movie that uses computers in this way before. The entire movie is done on FaceTime or on YouTube. It is extreme, it's on Netflix, thank you, Coco. It is very strange. Everything is via text, via chat. There's very little actual dialogue that is shown on camera as though the camera is in the room. The majority of dialogue is what's on, it reminds me of a movie Oh, this is going to test me on a Thursday. Sharon Stone, Alec Baldwin's brother, not Stephen, William Baldwin, maybe. And it was a movie where people were on a video screen being watched. Sliver is what it could be called, Coca. But you may have to check that. But I'm thinking silver or sliver. It is sliver. Sometimes, man, sometimes. So missing as a movie is only okay, but the way it's done, if it interests you and you are 35 or older and you can't believe that a movie could be made this way, check it out. If you're under 35, you may assume that this is how movies should be made, in which case it's not worth it. Go watch something else like from the 80s or 90s. Storm Reed was really good though. So we are day one right now day one of the fallout of the PGA Live merger. We did an entire segment on it yesterday, appeared on a bunch of different shows throughout the country talking about it yesterday, because people were interested in the business side of the merger and what was gonna happen next. And one of the major themes that I discussed with you first on Nothing Personal is that Jay Monahan has some explaining to do. Jay Monahan is on tour right now, not unlike Rick Springfield. And the tour that Jay Monahan is on is known as, and I'm getting the t-shirt to this, it's the Too Little Too Late Tour. He is trying to convince you, whether he's going on Golf Channel or whether he's going on a podcast or on CNN or MSNBC or Newsmax or wherever the heck he's going, Fox, who cares, wherever he's going. He is now trying to convince you that I'm so sorry I didn't mean to not consult with families of the victims of 9-11. I didn't mean not to speak to our constituencies like Rory and Tiger. I just was all about the confidentiality. And it's not that I was being held hostage and I was worried about being cut to pieces. I'm not saying I wasn't worried about it, but I wasn't worried about it. But we agreed we weren't gonna tell anyone. And I thought when you're negotiating with Saudi Arabia and you say you're not gonna tell anyone, I figured, crikeys, I better not tell anyone. 
because instead of walking away from the contract, they may want to walk away with my right index finger. But I'm really super sorry. If I had to do it again, of course, well, he didn't say. The reason he didn't say is that if he had to do it again, he'd do it the same way because the reason there was confidentiality is my guess is Saudi Arabia wanted it to be very clear that we're not gonna say a word about this because if we float this, which I love doing in business, float the trial balloon, when you want to not do a deal. If you wanna do a deal and you wanna wash your money, you don't wanna float a trial balloon because guess what? The Southwest winds, which are bringing in the smoke, I made that up, they may not be Southwest, they could be Northeast, they could be Southeast. Whatever winds are bringing in smoke from Canada right now. If we put a trial balloon about the Saudi Arabia live PGA merger, I believe the balloons will be shot out of the sky and fall helplessly through our atmosphere. And then PGA would not be able to accomplish what Jay wanted to accomplish, which was guaranteeing a revenue stream for him. Little does he know, little does he know that he likely negotiated away his own revenue stream, which is reported to be 15 large a year. That's uh, that speak for million, rumored to be 15 million bucks a year. That's the reason why they needed the confidentiality. But then the deal was announced and Jay Monahan realized I better do something or somebody realized for him, he's going on these shows saying these things and he looks like a prize fool. It's almost like he's still not prepared. I regret the confidentiality. No, you don't. Why not be a man and stand up in these interviews and say, the only way to get a deal like this done that I know will benefit golfers going forward and fans going forward was to keep the circle tight. I'm sorry that I did not speak to victims of 9-11 families. I'm sorry I didn't speak to Tiger and Rory. I'm sorry we didn't speak to Greg Norman, but we had business to do and it's just business. Don't panic. I'm not saying the rest, you got 12 minutes left. But for whatever reason, Jay has chosen the apology circuit Still not gonna work. Rory McIlroy had a minute to figure out what he was gonna say. You knew that he was gonna have a camera in front of him. Likely he met with PR people, met with his agent, and they came up with something outstanding. Royal McIlroy said, at the end of the day, money talks, and you'd rather have them as a partner, indicating you'd rather have them as a partner than an enemy. But he said, I still hate live. I hate them. I hope it goes away and expect that it does. Is he talking about the tour? Is he talking about the players who got the money and took the money that he chose morally not to? Is he talking about Jay Monahan? What exactly did he mean by I hope it goes away? which leads me to tell you what I told you yesterday in case you forgot, or you're one of the 2.9% new today, thank you. Jay Monahan is finished. There is so much work to be done before this agreement gets announced. They have not gone into one detail. The government is beginning to question this merger. The players are beginning to question this merger. I wonder what the broadcasters are doing. Hmm, 
I wonder if we know anybody we could talk to about how a broadcaster would feel about Saudi Arabian money being thrust upon them. Interesting. Well, there's more to go and more to come on this. And the reason that there's more is we haven't heard from Tiger yet. And believe me, Tiger is smart. Tiger knows not to react emotionally. He knows he's gonna workshop this. He knows he's gonna do it with lawyers and with PR people. Because when Tiger speaks about the PGA live merger situation, I hope everybody's paying attention because those words are going to matter. And they're coming, I promise you that. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. We won both. We had the Nuggets minus two and a half over the heat. That's a win. And we had the Cardinals over the Rangers. Remember I told you to take the plus money with Flaherty pitching for the Cardinals? He won one nothing over Gray and the Rangers. Tough, good win, but we got plus money for it. We are now 87 and 89. Let's talk about tonight's games. Let's talk baseball. There's a series going on between the Mets and the Braves. We are now in the beginning of June, June 8th. Division series, and I don't mean the playoff division series, games within your division are always important. This year, they are doubly important. That's, let me do the right math here. Every year until this year that I can remember that I was in the game, we would play teams in our division 19 times, 18 or 19 times. That was called the unbalanced schedule. It always gave you an opportunity to win your division at the end. You always wanted to be the team that was playing a team in your division to end the season. In a division with an odd number of teams like I was always in in the NL East, obviously the math would tell you, one team has to play out of division to end a season. And then four teams play in division. They play each other. That leaves the odd team out. I hated when the Marlins were the odd team out because I wanted the opportunity to make up two games for every win. Because when you're playing the team you're chasing and you win, you gain a game because you win and you gain a game because they lose. You're one back in the standings and you win one game, you catch them definitionally. Whereas if you're not playing them and you win a game, you may gain no ground if the other team wins or you may only gain a half a game if the other team's not playing that particular day. You're guaranteed to gain the full game. Now this year, it's gone from 19 down to 13. Six of 19 is just shy of 33%. Let's call it 30%. That means that every game you are playing against a team in your division is that much more important, 30% more important. The Mets and Braves started a series yesterday. The Mets did not prevail. The Mets are in trouble. The Mets are behind the Marlins. I said it early in the show. I'm trying to picture Steve Cohn right now on the phone with Billy Epler saying, if I don't get David Stearns in here or Theo Epstein or David Sampson or someone in here, man, there's gonna be a problem because we stink. Well, luckily for the Mets, they have Ben Verlander going tonight and Verlander is not going tonight, excuse me, Justin Verlander. Why was Ben Verlander in my mind? Is he the brother, the tweeting podcast brother? I can't remember the first name, Coca. Is it Ben? That would be weird. Did I just see him in like some rankings or something? Or am I just thinking about Ben? 
Don't know. All right, Justin Verlander going for the Mets. Unfortunately, he's going against Spencer Strider, who's a way better pitcher, and the Braves are a way better team, and the Mets are in danger and will lose their second game of the series. We're taking the Braves over the Mets. Watch that game, though, if you're into baseball, although you may want to be watching the Stanley Cup, but it's a very important series. Mets have got to start winning now. Although Steve Cohen's not going to sell. Who are we kidding? And I don't mean the team. All right, Stanley Cup game three. Panthers are at home. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rat infested. It's going to be interesting. The Panthers are favored. You only have to pay 20% VIG, minus 120 over the Knights. I say the Panthers make this a series. Tonight, at least. Panthers over the Knights. Okay. Did you watch it, Coca? Do you know what it is? The Oakland A's are trying to get financing in Las Vegas and the Oakland A's are trying to get state financing and the state legislature convened and the legislature, the legislative session ended and the bill was never voted on. And I told you that the governor and the people, the head of the assembly were not gonna allow a special session and that's it for the bill for public financing. And I was wrong. I am so jealous of the A's right now. They got a special session, specially for them an all expenses paid extra at bat, Adam Greenberg style. It started yesterday and it's not going well. If you're watching this John Fisher or Dave Caval, the president of the A's, I would like to give you a moment or two on ways to possibly improve your chances to get a positive outcome when you're trying to get public financing. When you get told that part of the bill is not good enough, whether it's community benefits, whether it's a tax issue, whatever a, an assembly person or a member of the legislature or a county commissioner or city commissioner, when they latch on to something, you gotta give them the victory. And you take it from another part of the deal because dollars are fungible. If you know you've gotta count to 11, you've gotta meet with every one of them and stop giving it to 10 or 20 lobbyists. Get in there yourself, get at the table, get yourself registered, sit down and say, what do you need? Give me your list. Then you go and you speak to the negotiators and you say, listen, the following things mean the following money. I am not willing to give that much money. Therefore, in order to satisfy this person and get their vote, we have to do this. Therefore, I need that. It's called a negotiation. And when you negotiate that way, you should have been doing it the entire time. How are you getting surprised on the dais? If you're going before a vote and you don't know how everybody's voting, you didn't do your job right. You don't have to say it publicly. I never did. I knew exactly what the vote was gonna be in the county commission, the city commission. We knew in advance because we're not going for a vote, Bud Seelig style, we're not going for a vote until we know what the result's gonna be. Make deals. To do it, you have to be in the room. When you get a special session, which is a gift from the gods above, and you do the same ridiculous presentation that you made 10 days earlier, you have gotten bad advice from your advisors. You've gotten bad advice from your lobbyists. 
you've opened yourself up to a level of criticism and a level of questioning that you should be avoiding in the special session. Hey, how come the bill's the same as it was 10 days ago? How come you knew my issues then and you didn't address them now? And then you're forced to answer something from the dais during the debate. And when that happens, you have a problem. You call for a recess, you then negotiate. And when you come back, the people stop asking the questions because they've gotten what they want. And here's another little nugget that you can use for free. Coca and Samson LLC are not charging you. You can arrange for people from the dais to actually ask for something that they want that they've always wanted, that you've always said no to, and then you get to say, fine, I give in. And then the assembly person gets to take a victory lap in front of its constituents as though they've gotten something better for the public and you've given them something that you already had negotiated and you were already willing to give. What's going on over there? It's like amateur hour. Special session starts again today at noon Eastern time. I don't know if they've got the votes. I don't know what happens once they don't get the votes. The only thing I know is there's no retractable roof building going on nine acres at the Tropicana corner. The only thing I know is there's gonna be way more give and take before any deal gets done to move the A's to Vegas. If you're watching this in Oakland and San Francisco, and I know you are because I spoke to you on the air yesterday, on San Francisco TV, Oakland, everywhere, Pick up the phone, subjugate your ego, call baseball and get a meeting where the commissioner is, or a representative of the commissioner comes and does a sit down with you and helps with the detente with the current ownership of the A's. Get back in there, keep your team, make the deal. Baseball thinks you don't have yourself together. You don't have the ability to get a deal done. I don't believe it. You can, it's not too late, but don't sit on your principles and cut off your team to spite your face. It can still happen. It's just business. Remember that. Forget about your feelings about John Fisher. It's nothing personal. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945.